Welcome to Prosper Radio, the podcast to ace now your business. I'm your host, Peter Martin. Today we have performance and mindset specialist, Jeff Nicholson. Good morning, Jeff. Do you want to say hi to the listeners and tell them about what you do? Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. How's it? My name is Jeff Nicholson, and I um, support entrepreneurs and high achievers to look at strategies on how to maximize their productivity and performance through looking at their sort of whole life um, attitudes, both in business and in their personal lives as well. Excellent. So do you want to talk a little bit more about what that means and, and how that works? Because some people might not know what yeah, the absolutely. mindset Yeah, absolutely. So um, it very much, first of all, when, we, when we're working with, you know, many of my clients and, and people out there are doing things right, but they could be doing things even better. And my job is to help them look at what it is that they need to change in order to maximize that performance. So it's looking at routines, habits, um, you know, what are they doing in order to look after their mindset and make sure they're nurturing their self-development and then looking at what, what can they do, what processes and systems they can put in place to um, sort of use their time wisely. And ultimately it's about not necessarily using all their time for work, it's about working smarter so they've got more free time to do, enjoy the life that they've got and actually enjoy the things ultimately that they're trying to create within their personal lives as well. That sounds like a bit of an interesting career. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey, how you got to be in this position? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a bit of, a, bit of a, a, a round one, so we'll do it quickly. Um, I was initially supposed to be work, work for the family business. My um, grandfather owned a sweet factory. Um, in the Northeast, and that was what it was supposed to be. However, my interpretation of a 12-year-old and reality of running and being in a sweet factory at 16 is very, very different. Um, and I left that to go and originally become a printer. I was in the printing industry for uh, 14 years um, in production, um, production and then uh, purchasing. Um, I fell ill. Um, I wasn't very good with dealing with stress, and stress kind of like hit me between the eyes. I suffered from two cases of viral meningitis within uh, a year of each other. And then I was um, bed bound, sleeping 20 hours a day for a year and then suffered four years of being housebound because I suffered from something called chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, I came out of that. I went through a really bad thing with low self-esteem, guilt, you know, severe depression, those sort of things. And actually in 2006, I left the house to commit suicide because I kind of like looked at things and went, I can't put my family through this anymore. It's just, it's just not fair. But in that darkest moment became this real weird epiphany. Um, and I became fascinated based on selfish needs. What is it that moves people from desperation to inspiration? What moves people to not only change their lives and get it back to what it was, but how can we make it even better than it was based on our sort of experiences and, and learning new skills? So since then, over, I think it's been 12 years now I've been doing this, that's very much been the mission is helping people get their heads in the right place so they can live what I would call a, an exceptional life. I think you touched on quite a key thing there because obviously people have skills, they, they have experience, um, that they have qualifications, but actually, if your mindset isn't in the right place, yeah. then it's just going to affect everything that you do, your success, your relationships, uh, and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 
a lot of us, we kind of like don't want to admit that there's an issue, um, but actually everything we do physically stems from how we're thinking mentally. So, you know, whether it's standing in front of a, a video doing something like this or doing a Facebook Live or getting out on stage or speaking to clients or even believing that you can create a product from scratch and bring it out. If you don't have that confidence and you don't have that level of self-trust, then it's very, very hard to not only bring other people on board, sell it, promote it and everything else, but even create it because you lack that self-confidence. There's one mindset I want to touch on at the moment that you want to talk mm. about because obviously you've, you've talked about your personal experiences of being in, a, in quite a, a dark place and having to change your mindset to get out of that. And I, I think as men still in, in, in today's culture, yeah. there's sort of a mindset of, you you must be strong. You you know you can't be faking. Yeah. You have to pick up your bag and get on with it. Yeah. Um, you you shouldn't need help. And I suppose in some ways having sort of a, a drive and a, and a fluent face helps in some ways. But I'm guessing that sort of mindset is also can have a negative. Effect. Yeah. So I I. I kind of like that was exactly what I was like. Um, my family didn't really talk about their emotions and, you know, um, Northeast guy, six foot four, I'm not a small bloke. Um, talking about my, you know, my feelings and um, looking at this sort of stuff was kind of like, oh God, I don't want to. And, to, you know, even to the point where it's like, you know, you need to go and talk to a therapist or something. It's like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Um, and, you know, you're looking from a from the point of not wanting to grow. That's what we would call a fixed mindset. Is we're not prepared to move past that because fear might be in. We don't want to admit that there's something wrong with us. We don't want to admit that we can't do it. We're cavemen. We're providers. So if we're standing there and going, we cannot. I cannot function in my own skin. How can I tell that to my wife and kids? And you know, when I go back to my illness, I was originally told that this was described as post fatigue syndrome post-viral fatigue syndrome. And I went, I cannot go home and tell my wife I'm just tired. That's, you know, cause that's the only word I heard. I didn't hear the long story. Mm-hmm. So my ego was taking over and going, no, that's not possible. But what I do, what I think is, is if we want to make the change, if we look at people and, and over the last 12 years, I've had the luxury and, and, and honor of speaking to really successful people is they very quickly put that stuff aside. They still may be alpha male, you know, this is what I want to go for, the, you know, bring me the mountain and I'll climb it. But there's also an element of more softness and more um, self-intuition and self-wanting to learn of encourage, because speaking about your problems to a complete stranger or even to someone who you care about takes a huge amount of courage. And a big part of that when I first initially have those conversations is, is, you got to drop your ego because your ego is stopping you from actually achieving your full potential. But you have to have that in a safe environment where someone's not going to judge. And I think the voices in our heads will go, this person thinks this about you or this person is making this self assumptions. And we're not asking you to jump on Facebook and tell everyone in a, an Instagram story how bad you are feeling. What we're saying is, is how, you know, speak to the right type of people to be able to help you maximize because we only get one crack at this and surely we want to make it the best version of it we can both for ourselves but also for the people we care about bringing that back back to business as well if you're feeling 
that that sort yeah. of those feelings, those negative things that you think everybody's sort of got this negative view against you, that's really going to affect sort of yeah. performance in, in your success in business because obviously, you know, everybody's heard the sayings, people do business with people yeah, um, and everything's relationships. So if you automatically assume you're going to have that rejection or every rejection kind of enforces that negative mindset, that's Absolutely. really going to make things difficult. Absolutely. And some really key, key examples is networking events. How many people have gone into networking events that may feel like what we're talking about, who are literally walking in with their head down, not looking at anyone, go and sit in the corner with a with a, which the sausage sandwich and bacon sandwich or whatever it is and not speak to anyone and then the other one is is you go to business shows and they've actually paid for a stand but they're sitting there looking at their phones deliberately creating a, an invisible brick wall because they don't want to speak to someone because they feel awkward or they don't have the confidence to do that and then what that does is that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because People aren't coming to talk to you because your body language, how you do things, is saying to them, stay away, I bite. Mm. And then, and that's what's doing. So it's, it's, it's looking at these skills that, that don't have to be complicated to do. You have to be prepared to do the work. And that's often the case where people aren't succeeding is because they're not prepared to learn new skills and do the work that's necessary to succeed. It's true, and you, you, you do have to change your kind of your mindset. Sometimes communication comes very naturally yep. to people and, and mingling, but for those that don't, it is one of the hardest pieces of work that you, I mean, I'm an introvert, and sometimes I say that to people and they go, you? Well, yeah. Actually, yeah, because I've, I've learned to fake it. <laughs> I've Absolutely. learned to talk to because you have to. I mean, I started my life off, you know, I, I was a minister for, for a while um, okay. when you were doing sermons and things you yeah. know you've got yeah, yeah. to learn like yeah. how do I speak in front of people and obviously I, I was a tutor for a while and then started my own business and for some of it's really introverted and absolutely yeah. <laughs> doesn't like talking uh, to many people or find small talk very difficult you, you kind of have to learn and I, and I think yeah. it you do have to sort of shift your mindset um, a little bit, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on how to to do that, uh, but you are right. It is one of the hardest things I think to change yeah, your mindset. It's, it's not easy. I mean, I remember when I was ill, um, I refused to walk to the bottom of my gate because as I as I walked down, the gate got longer and longer and longer, and I would get into cold sweats. And the way my body responded to that is, even walking twenty feet would put me in bed for a month because I just literally was so exhausted. And people, you know, people walking down the street, if they were laughing, I was assuming they were laughing at me or because um, I had two walking sticks and stuff like that. And that's not easy to overcome. And I'm not the only one that can do that. But the work that I decided to invest in myself has allowed me to speak on stage. And that's not to say I'm kind of like borderline. I'm, a, I'm in the middle. I'm not an extrovert or an introvert. Um, but you know, I still love my own space, and but it's and but I enjoy my own space. I don't use it as a way to kind of like retract and hide. I use it to sort of um, relax and expand and grow, and and I use it from a beneficial point of view, not a hindrance. So we've talked to, uh, 
a lot about your sort of personal challenges. Thank you for being so open and, and sharing that Welcome. with everybody, because it sounds like that was a really difficult time. Um, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about challenges that you've you've had in business, uh, maybe yeah. related to that, uh, and if yeah. there's one that you'd be willing to share. Yeah, I think for the the first, the main one was, you know, it goes back to getting my head in the right place, because coming from recovering from an illness and then going right, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to help people now. Um, there was all sorts of stuff from you're a fraud, you haven't got enough experience, um, you know, you, you, you're either too old or too young, you're overweight, whatever stuff was going, um, you're never going to get the sales because you've never been good at sales, whatever it is. It was getting the head in the right place to be able to focus into a more positive mindset that allowed me to go bring it on and whatever I don't know, I'll learn whatever I'm rubbish at, I'll develop, and whatever I don't like, I'll reject, and then move on. And that's not to say I'm still human and I still get affected by lovely, friendly messages on YouTube and stuff like that, but um, I'm able to deal with that in a lot more positive ways because of the way that I've developed my mind and the support structures around that. And so can, can we go a little bit more into that? So yeah. just how you resolve that and the sort of structures that you put in place yeah, and maybe there's any software that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that initially the, the first thing for me is I always want the easiest and simple. I don't, I don't want long-winded and complicated because based on humans being humans, we're going to make it complicated enough. So I wanted to look at something really simple. And I understood that how I spoke to myself and where my focus was had a huge impact on the results that I was going to generate or not generate, depending on which way we're going to look at it. So there was a few um, platforms that I found really, really useful. One of them, one of the processes is with the journaling process, something in a way to document what I wanted to achieve or how I was feeling in a, in a constructive way to get it out of my head rather than just have that self-replicating and beating me up into a pulp because much like everyone probably listening, we do talk to ourselves and quite often we would not allow anyone to talk to people who we care for the same way as we talk to ourselves. And part of that is, is we need to change that. So one of the easiest ones to start off with was what we call, what's called the five minute journal. It comes in book form and it comes in an app. The app is really lovely, elegant and simple. Um, and it just asks you some really, really simple questions. The first question I ask you what you're grateful for. Now, we're not getting soft and fluffy or anything, but in our, one of the things I've learned is, is when we can focus on the gratitude side, the easiest things in our lives that we are grateful for, when things change, when things beat you up, when you get rejected, if you can go back to those simple things and go, well, these are the three things that I'm really grateful for. And the challenge is every single day you look at three things different, every different because if you've got three kids that's it it's in the bag every single day is an answer but what i then challenge people to do is don't just go for the simple the easy things go for the simple things like a sunny morning or a breath of you know a breeze or, or a smell or something like that because you can find them even if you don't have kids for a start you know you're not going to say kids if you don't have kids but it's it's that thing to be able to go okay where is my focus because if any of you start thinking about 
the important people in your life or special occasions or um, for me, the smell of, of lemon because it reminds me of a grandfather's fizz bomb sweets. Um, that would be immediately it'll change my state. So it'll immediately start putting me in a better state of mind. So that's the first question. Really, really simple. And in the app, what it also allows you to do is take a photograph of something. So then you've got a visual representation of what was good about that day. The next question is, is what will I do to make today great? Now notice the language. It's very positive. It's asking you to think about what is going to be the good result for today. It's not going to be, how are you going to cock this one up? You know, it's going out there and saying, okay, what, what can I do that's great and great, not just good, not just okay. What can you do that's great? So I that's like how it's what, proactive. What can I do? Exactly. Absolutely. Not what's going to be great about this day, but what am I going to do to make this day great? Absolutely. Which is then you've hit on the, one of the key things is your identity. If we can state that we are doing these things and not that someone else is, then it becomes a whole different level of, of building you up because as soon as it affects your identity, you're just going to get beaten up and, and you're going to let yourself down. So that's sort of like the morning routine. And then the evening routine is um, it asks you three questions. The first question is, what three amazing things happened today? So what it's doing is it's getting you to remove, because if I asked what rubbish happened today, you could just go bam, bam, bam. It's getting you to step back and go, actually, what was really good today? And amazing is dependent on your day and what was going on. Again, positive language, three things. It's getting you to think and pull yourself out. And then the final question is, is what could I have done to make today even better? That gets you to think about, well, how could I have changed? How could I have, how do I need to evolve to do things? Because what it also starts to do is the more you do it, it starts to identify pattern. And if you can identify a pattern, then you can start identifying where are the areas that you're to work. But this is nothing about being fluffy. In fact, um, whoever, if ever anyone's read the Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Workweek, he's a huge advocate of... The, this process because it changes your state to get you into a better state of mind at the beginning at the end of the day which is really important um, but this is but that is definitely one um, and then the other journaling platform I use is called day one which is just basically a brain dump it just allows me to get my thoughts I have one for my personal life and one for my business and I, and I write down my business thoughts what my challenges are what I'm thinking about creating just allowing me to go, okay, where is it that I need to get to in order to do that? Um, am I able to share some more? Have we got time to share some more? We do, but I just want to pick up on another point, just on the yeah. last question on the previous app. What, what was yeah. its name again, sorry? Day one. The, the first one. Five-minute journal. Five-minute journal. Um, you know, you're right that the last question, no, it's not fluffy, and it's not meant to be about negativity either when you ask no. about what you can do. I think that's more about goal setting. But yeah, to some extent, if absolutely. You say, I can do this. This is what I could have done better. That's now a goal. Absolutely. And if you're working towards a goal and you're looking forward, yeah. that probably has a, a massive effect absolutely. on your mindset and the positivity. Because instead of dwelling on all the stuff you yeah. did badly, yeah. it's more of a how can I improve? So actually, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And once that's in your head, you've got a goal. You can put the base towards that. Uh, and go straight towards it so I, I quite like that and I, I like how one app is feeding you with all the positivity and then one app is just getting rid of all the negativity yeah so yeah. you're kind of combating both Get that. Yeah. Get that in. yeah and, uh, the golden rule when I journal is is I always have to end on a positive 
So even when I'm doing my brain dump, it always says, how am I going to resolve this? So I always want to finish on a positive because I don't want to, um, I don't want to sort of go, oh, it was all terrible because it's never really the case. Um, it's okay. What, what can I do to turn this around? And that's the, the, the focus on the journey, but people can poo poo the journaling, but more and more people I'm seeing with notebooks and writing down their thoughts and, and it doesn't have to be complicated, which is why I love the five minute journal strategy. That's quite a good strategy. And for entrepreneurs that maybe want to improve their mindset, to increase productivity, to help with the performance through the day, what would be your top tip for that? So the top tip for that is, is um, bookending is what I call it. So bookending is about how we start our day and how we end our day. So we know that, so if we go from evening round to morning, we know that energy is, we have to manage our energy levels, both physical and cognitive. So part of that is understanding that we need to look after our sleep. So bookending your day is how do we finish our day? And it's kind of like, which comes first, the chicken and the egg, the morning or the evening, but let's start the evening. The first thing is, is making sure that you have a plan of what you want to achieve the next day completed by the end of the, the, that day. So part of your routine is, is, this is what I've done. This is what I want to, want to achieve tomorrow or, or certainly this week. And then you have a clear plan of action of what it is that you want to do. The other thing is, is introduce some sort of routine that helps your brain understand that you know, it's time to go to sleep. So people will have different ways. Don't sit and look at your phone at nine, 10 o'clock at night. Um, the blue light ain't gonna, <laughs> the blue light ain't gonna help. And if you happen to get an email or see a tweet or a, some sort of social media post that gets you stressed, what you're then gonna affect you is it's gonna affect your sleep because you will enjoy that argument over and over and over again with yourself and it, you will create multiple scenarios. So the reason why I would always say, can I cut off at say eight, seven o'clock if possible is because you're allowing your brain to sort of reset and remove the noise. And that also means don't have your phone next to your bed, have it across the room. So you, if you do wake up, you're not picking up the phone and checking the time because that's just going to start getting you stressed. Like hours can feel like minutes and, and so on. And so minutes can feel like hours, sorry. Um, so looking, so you've created your plan and you've also introduced some sort of, this is time to go to sleep um, thing. Now you can use apps on that. So um, I personally like listening to audiobooks when I go to sleep. My wife thinks I'm nuts, but I like listening to audiobooks. Um, my rule of thumb is 45 minutes listening to an audiobook. Most of the time I'm asleep by then. Um, but that does, but you know, if whatever happens, I'll take my headphones out and I'll go to bed or listening to white noise. So white noise is the sound of waves, water, thunderstorms, whatever is sort of repetitive. The reason why that's massively beneficial is because what that does is it removes the attention that you're trying to have internally and your brain's trying to pay attention to the external noise. And because of its monotonous sort of tone and the frequency it's on and everything else, it allows you to start calming down um, it can be hard initially to get used to the fact that you've got waves crashing in your bedroom or, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, like thunderstorms. My wife doesn't like thunderstorms, but she likes the waves. Um, you know, that's really, really helpful. And what I would say is don't have it too loud. If it sounds like there's a hurricane coming through your house, <laughs> it's way, way too loud. If you're ducking covering under your dressing table, it's just, it's not right. But it, what it allows you to do is it just allows you to um, switch mm -hmm. off. 
and again, if we're talking about platforms, Calm is a good platform. It has sleep processes and, and sort of things to help you do that. Um, but that's a really important one at night. And then when we wake up in the morning, it's how do we get our brain into the right place? What is it that we need to do? For me personally, um, my routine is, is Spotify goes on with a bit of James Brown and some, um, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder, some good, some good beats that makes me feel good. Um, that's set up on Alexa. So when I say wake up, it's the first thing is James Brown screaming, um, beats the kids. Um, but to do that, that's the way that that goes. And that gets me into a good state. Part of it is then the five minute journal. So I get the process. What is it that I want out of the day and everything else? And then the, the second part is very much, I know what my plan is. So I'm relaxed because I've already done it from the night before. So I'm waking up feeling a lot more confident that I know what needs to be done. I'm in a good place. I'm energy pumping because I've, uh, you know, I've, I've um, been listening to some James Brown. And then the other thing that I do is I do my morning um, mirror routine. And then I, um, I'll go for a walk for, um, basically I'll go for a four mile walk in the morning. Generally during the summer, I'm, I'm, I don't particularly like the winter, um, but I'll do some exercise then as well. But what that's doing is it's getting my blood pumping and getting me into that state. So what I've really started liking as well is that a lot of the smart devices, your smartphones, your speakers, they include, I think, all this sort of white noise and they're really trying to focus now. Yeah, absolutely. Tech well-being. I mean, one thing that I've had to do is to turn off the vibrate because the amount of yeah. people that send a mailing list at like three o'clock in the morning and the, the thing is the vibrate is so vicious on my phone. Yeah. It constantly wakes me up yeah. um, or somebody will send me a really early text or a really yeah. late text and you just think oh, the vibrate goes off you're like I don't want you right now no there's a bit of that going oh what if somebody needs to get a hold of me yeah absolutely well, everybody important in my life old-fashioned I still have a landline that yeah they can wow. ring that. <laughs> you know but you bring up an interesting thing because um basically those that either the vibration or the flashing or um if you remember on the little blackberries it used to be that little red light that used to flash when you got a thing it's almost like a Pavlov's dog response. It's like, oh, what is it? What is it? And you can see there's nothing worse than being in an important meeting and you can see people desperate to look at their phones to check text because their phone's vibrated or they've seen a little flash. Or um, I've got a friend whose torch blinks when he gets a text. And it's like, wow, okay. But it's, but it's, it's managing all of that because that's another form of the productivity side is it's managing the distractions that allows you to perform at your optimum level because i'm sure you like many people have been in that state where they've been in like flow where they just oh you know time just seems to slow down and they get everything done and some studies have showed that it takes 20 minutes to get back to that same state when you've been interrupted so then the query is is that if you don't manage your, dis your distractions how unproductive are you Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis if a five-minute interruption then costs you another 20 minutes absolutely you've lost but the trouble is is once you've picked up your phone i don't know yeah. about you but you know I'll read the text or the email <laughs> but then the next thing you know i've been on linkedin twitter facebook absolutely yeah checking everything else and uh, uh, just wasting time i do like the fact that they've got a do not disturb yes uh, I, now. I, I wish yeah. i could put that on my physical life as well <laughs> yeah well you can get you can get sites as well that actually block out everything that means that you can actually work on your um, computer and not be allowed to access the social media sites for a period of time. 
Um, I've never tested them out because I've kind of like got a routine that works for me. But um, there are ones out there that actually literally block out any social media or email software or anything. So you can actually just get on with the damn work and get the results that you're looking for. We've talked a little bit about some apps and, mm. and technology and things. What would your favorite software be and why? Yeah, you know, we talked just before we hit record, like I'm an app geek. So, um, and I'm, you know, and I specifically want to look at one um, in, let's say for the communication, I use a one called Dub. My go-to one's Evernote, but everyone talks about Evernote. So I'm going to talk about Dub. Is, and Dub I love because it allows me to create short video messages with a call to action. Um, it's certainly massively helped me in building more trust, but also I'm dyslexic, so I can't stand writing. So my emails are really, really short. And if I could do it in Morse code, I would. Um, <laughs> but I, I use that, um, the videos, because then I'm, I don't have that fear of grammar police are going to send back saying I've used the wrong there, or there should be a comma before whatever. And the video just allows me to be my natural self. And it just looks like what we're doing today. But I love the fact that it can put up a call to action and go, I want you to specifically do X. Um, I think there's other ones like Loom and, and other ones, but Dub is, by, for me, just absolutely brilliant. I quite like the sound of that, a video with um, a call to action. And that's much quicker as well, because like when you're typing, you, you're right, you've got to think about the yeah. wording, how are you saying it? Does that come across wrong? Uh, I mean, I made a comment on somebody's LinkedIn post today, and I was like, I don't think they quite probably yeah. understood the tone of what I was saying. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I like Grammarly, to be honest. Cause it, yeah, I do as well. I just don't think it likes me. <laughs> I really don't I think it likes Grammarly. me. <laughs> yeah. but, but you see that the ability of just saying, like, for example, we're doing this, when it ends, I can just hit, simply hit a button and record a video. It's all set up. And, and then it's emailed. Now you can get reports. You can see how many people connected to it, when they're connected to it, did they watch it? So it gives you a huge amount of data to be able to go, okay, this has worked. Oh, and, um, like I'm now using it for my newsletters rather than doing text because I'm rubbish at writing. I can do a video and go, okay, it takes half the time because mm -hmm. I don't really need to think about it because it's in my head and I don't have an issue from putting it to my mouth. My issue is, is when I start writing. Um, and I, I absolutely love that platform. It sounds like really good, actually, quite helpful as well. Yeah. And, and before you go, how could people maybe connect with you? You've mentioned your newsletter. Yeah, so um, if people want to jump over to the website, which is jeffnicholson.uk, that's English, Jeff, G-E-O-F-F. -F, um, or if they go on to want me to follow me on social media, it's jeffnicholson.uk, um, and they can follow me there. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That's been really good to be able to dig really into the mindset and how that affects performance. So thank you very much. We've really appreciated your time. You're welcome, Peter. Thank you very much. Remember, listeners, to check out Enterprise Plus Community and LinkedIn Group. Go and ace your business today.